Hey ladies, welcome back to the Where the Girl podcast. I'm your host, Miss Andre, and today we have a very special guest with us, the unique Shanique. And I'm super excited to have her here. You know, I'm a little nervous too, because <laughs> this is our first interview. But um, the Unique Shanique is a great resource for women who want to level up in their life internally as well as externally. She offers um, a nice variety of like services and consultations that help women manifest not only the man, but also the life that they want, right? So be sure to subscribe to her on YouTube and add her on Instagram at the unique underscore Shanique so that you too can get a dose of the self-empowerment. And I would like to welcome you to the show. Hi. Well, it's nice to be here. Thank you for that intro. That was nice. <laughs> You're very welcome. No, I love what you do. I wanted to start with that. Like, I checked out your page and everything. I don't even know why I wasn't following you. I had to make sure I was following you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, helping women to overcome like their traumas and leveling up like mentally, spiritually, and all these things, it's really important. It's like a huge part of like becoming that masterpiece that is a balanced woman, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're definitely going to get into those things. But first, I wanted to know like a little bit about you and what inspired you to become this great resource that you are. Wow. Well, that question is always so loaded for me to say like who I am and how I became because that is deep. It's a lot. It's been a journey to be the person that I am today. So my story, I come from a troubled background. If you look back in pictures, everything looks rosy and peachy, but I was suffering a lot of problems at home and internally, being that I was molested by two female cousins, as well as, um, I guess, a product of my environment, suffering from you know generational traumas, parents who weren't healed, and then they parent from an unhealed space. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of trickling down trauma that way as well. So I grew up not having a lot of self-love for myself and worthiness and acting like a classy woman would, um, you know, behind closed doors. Yeah, I dealt with a lot of effects of trauma, such as being promiscuous, not knowing my worth, not accepting yeses from the right guys and instead choosing toxic men who were not really emotionally available and suffering with depression and anxiety and i was just a hot mess and i realized i cannot live my life like this forever i needed to do something drastic and it took a drastic change to turn my life around starting with mindset which is why i'm a huge preacher and just telling people that you need to change your mindset because that's where everything begins on a level up. It is, yeah. yeah, it's huge. So yeah, I worked on that, built myself up, started saying yes to the right choices and no's to the wrong ones. And I eventually ended up with my version of a trophy husband, with my version of a trophy life. And I'm very happy and I just want to see more women like me around where I am. And I want to help those who have been through trauma as well to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that things can change and that it takes being true to ourselves and honoring our deepest, truest feelings to emerge and blossom into mega magnificent version 2.0s of ourselves. So... That's how I got here. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that with us. I feel like a lot of women do need to see that success story so that they can know that they too can get there, you know? And I like the fact that you said that you found your version of a trophy husband and your version of a trophy life. And I like that because what works for one person may not work for the next person. So I love that. Um, if you can tell us about the time when you realized that you wanted to change your dating style, and in doing so, you know, change your life. Like, was it obvious for you or was it something that you just stumbled upon? Well, um, it wasn't obvious at first until I had an abortion. So that was the turning point for me. I was with this guy who I loved to death. 
but I could not have a good life with this person. And when it was just me factored into the equation, I didn't really care. Like I said, the self-love wasn't there. But to bring another child into that, I was just like, no, I got to stop the cycle. <laughs> and that is when the gears started turning. I started reading books by other women and it just opened up this door of, wow, there are other guys out there who are treating women right? who are abundant in life, like what have I been doing? <laughs> Just wasting my time. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I understand that feeling. Yeah. So once that happened, it's like the ceiling opened up and it's like a whole new world. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. Okay. It was just like a moment for you where you're like, what was I doing before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we've all had those moments uh, where we just had that like wow moment, like, wait a minute. I didn't even realize I was like taking part in my own kind of demise in a way, you know, because we are in control of our relationships, our dating choices. So though a lot of times we like to put the blame on others, we do have to take that responsibility and knowing what is best for us. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And yeah. like we just run through life unconsciously aware of the choices that we're making. Like, I remember I had a car, I had gas money, I had a home, both my parents were in the house, and I'm going to meet someone who is pinching pennies in his car, literally, to fill up the gas tank. And I was, no problem. I'm just like, la, 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 la. <laughs> oh, the things we do. And then, like, going on dates with better guys and yet going to someone else because of, well, you know, what's below the pants. <laughs> so let's just say that. Oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of women fall victim to that. So Shanique, for those who may not know like how to find a high value man, how would you suggest like going about actually attracting and manifesting one in your life? You know, like some girls don't even know where to start. Well, first, um, acting high class for sure. Um, there are women who walk into a room and high value men will automatically look at them and watch them walk to their table. And that is where it begins or online in our, um, you know, 2020 pandemic life with your online profile, like your presence and how you carry yourself is the first thing that a man is attracted to, unfortunately. Which actually, it's not unfortunate because that just makes it easier easier for women because men are visual creatures. So it's not that complicated. Um, where it gets more complicated for women is with the mannerisms, how to act classy, how to have classy conversations, how to not give in too quickly. Those are the things most struggle with. Yes, that is probably the most common thing. Like, even like with myself, I've spent some time like being more, being more like disconnected, I would say, from like my femininity. And mm -hmm. it was more like a mannerism thing for me, like trying to like allow them to take control, you know, and being able to like relax and believe that they would do the right thing. Cause I felt like, you know, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. sometimes it couldn't be hard. Yeah. Attracting them according to your mannerisms. So you feel like looks are secondary to the mannerisms. Um, I would say, yeah, because the looks are coming a dime a dozen now. Everyone has surgery. Everyone knows how to do their makeup. Everyone knows how to do <laughs> yeah. Like, I think we've all gotten the looks down. If I mean, if you've been in a level up journey, you pretty much have the looks down. But the mannerisms, most don't have. Yeah, probably the biggest issue. And I've gotten a lot of, I'm sure you've gotten some too, about women like asking like, what should I do in this situation? How should I respond? Was I too harsh? You know, a lot mm -hmm. of times, you know, we get used to turning people down by just automatically assuming things beforehand. Yeah. So calming down a little bit. Yeah. So for the girls who may want to know, um, what do you feel are the telltale signs that a man 
is not worth your time? And what mm-hmm. are the signs, you know, in your experience, in your opinion, um, of a man that is worth your time? Okay, so a man who is not worth your time, um, he's not chasing you. A man who's not worth your time is a man who does not call you often or text you often to want to know what you're doing. I don't mean all day, but I mean at least once a day because busy men, you know, they're not going to text you all day, but at least once a day, every day, like he wants you off the market. Um, okay. Yeah. So if he's not doing that, that's a sign. Um, another sign is <laughs> a man who takes too many selfies <laughs> online. Okay. That's a new one. That is my go-to. I'm like, okay. So he thinks he is the trophy for sure. (laughs) And yeah, he's not going to have time for you. He's going to take just as long to get ready as you do. He's the type that wants you to iron his pants for him (laughs) while he's getting dressed. That's a good one. That's a good one, though. That's definitely good. Yeah, because selfies, it kind of is, it's like you're very self-involved, right? Yeah. It's like, it's really a woman's thing, I think, too. Yeah. It really is. And unfortunately, a lot of the guys are doing it because they know that all they have to do is show up and these other women are going to be like, oh my God, here's a meal. Oh my God, here, yeah, here, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> or send those, what are those? The eggplant emojis. Oh my God. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, know. they know. And those aren't the ones you want. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with that. So those are the guys who we would definitely avoid. And for the guys who we would want to spend time with and would be like actually worth going out with, you know, like what are some signs that a girl can tell early on that's like, okay, maybe he is worth my time. Hmm. Okay, so I have some pretty standard but um like but I have those on my YouTube channel so I was thinking of some new ones but my okay. standard ones are education um is he a leader like his job position um not really a job but you want a man with a career for sure uh older minimum 7 to 10 years a bigger tax bracket than you and a man who looks deeply in your eyes. That is huge. Yeah. He, he could stare into your eyes and um, a man who introduces you to his friends early on is a very good sign. Okay. I want to, I want to go back a little bit. Yeah. Just a a smidge. So, for the looking deeply into your eyes part, some may wonder like what you mean by that. You know, like is it having eye contact problems like on a first date? Is that like a red flag for you? Or, you know, because some people may wonder like, you know, what you mean by that. Um, well, yes, that factors in. But like if he's checking up, like checking your body a lot, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Or if he's stuck on his phone doing business you know, real or not, that's not good. Uh, Or if he's scanning the room, you don't want that. Or a man who, yeah, like we said before, he doesn't make eye contact because he has low self-esteem, which there are men with low self-esteem. So you want him to look into your eyes, like with this intent look, it's almost like a, a look of passion and like, I must have you. Not like I want to fuck you. Or sorry, (laughs) but like, man, she's so different. Okay. Okay. That's understandable. Yeah. Um, I've had some experiences with guys who I'll just say they couldn't control their eyes. And yeah, I find that a turn off as well. So yeah, I think you've given some good, some good tips here because a lot of girls don't know like what to look out for early on in a relationship. Well, I'll say in dating. So being able to have references, like how you said, you know, reading books and things, being able to have these references and being being able to have Instagrams like yours, Instagram like mine, and being able to share each other's stories, I think it's important for us to at least get the message out, whether they agree with it or not, right? 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Whether they agree with it or not is huge. (laughs) Because (laughs) the funny thing is, there are some women who they really don't agree, but give them like six to eight months after that relationship they're in goes south, they come back around Mm -hmm. and they're like, okay, let me see what she was saying. (laughs) Yeah, there may have been some truth in there, you know? So um, what do you think are some things that may be hindering women from being able to have success in dating hypergamously, you know? And like, what are some things that you would suggest that they can do to like overcome it, you know? Well, for one, definitely date outside of your box. Um, Okay. Now notice I didn't say race because yes, date outside of your race, but also out of your box because us as women, we're all different and we all have a type or we all have a thing that we gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. expand from that. Like I've known Islanders who only want to date Islanders. I've known people who only want to date other actors because they're an actor. Or I've known people who only want to date athletes or only tall people. You know, like whatever your thing is, like date outside of that. There are so many more men available if you can overcome the box. As well as overcoming what you think is boring. Because a lot of men who are the type, like the trophy spouse, potential trophy spouses, they may come off as boring looking. But once you actually start to spend time with them and hang out with them, you notice, oh, there's some depth. Because they have to act a certain way in their careers or their fields. So they're not going to come off as the fun, jolly one, you know. But Or maybe they do, you know. Guys are different. But overall... Don't assume. I love that tip. I love that tip because a lot of times we just like assume from the beginning, like, oh, he's boring or this. And a lot of girls want that like exciting bad boy for whatever reason, like beats me because I've changed my whole attraction since I was younger. Like I've never been attracted to thugs whatsoever, Mm -hmm. but now I really like guys who are like nerds, intelligent and important in their field and who just take pride in being a man, you know? So I think it's important to change your attraction right to something that's more aligning with what you want for your future instead of like just something that's gratifying for right now. Right. Exactly. Yes. And I love that you, you mentioned that because that's something that I'm actually going to take, you know, because in the beginning, sometimes uh, we always like look at a guy and we're like, okay, that first day, mm, I don't know. So yeah, getting that time to, to see past that, like, flat layer it might be a dynamic character you know underneath so yeah yeah that's true yeah so do you feel like that is one of the main things that hinder women from dating hypergamously you know like was that your um take on that part um yeah for sure I definitely had a type like um I had a type it wasn't a race I've dated lots of races but I had a type that I was drawn to And I decided to start saying yes to different types, as well as um, age. Age is another huge thing. I know a lot of women want to date within their age um, age range, and that holds a lot of women back as well. Yes, age is definitely something. um, I had a friend who who mentioned to me that she, well, she's a Libra, you know, and they like beauty, but she did mention to me that she wanted a guy who was like closer in age or he had to at least look really good. And I understand, like you said, what works for one person may not work for another, but um, focusing on looks is not the best um, way to go. You know, I, I believe in like looking out for yourself now for the future. So exactly. I actually have a video. It's titled, if you go for looks, Mm-hmm. You will get hooked. <laughs> what, happens, what happens to fishes who get hooked? They get cooked. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah, we got to stop doing that. Like, no, we're not making yeah. better decisions. Yes. So, for the women who are listening and might be wondering, what are some of the benefits of hypergamous dating? Because we didn't actually get into that just yet. Wow. Well, I mean, where do we start? (laughs) (laughs) Everything? (laughs) 
I don't know what the negatives are. Um, well, you feel like a princess. Um, hopefully if he's well-mannered and you've chosen properly, uh, he goes out of his way to make you feel cherished and desired. Um, like money isn't so much a factor because he's just got it. So all he's worried about is, are you worthy of it? Because if it's not you, it'll be somebody else anyway, because that's just his standard of living and his standard of giving, specifically generous guys. So, um, you know, of course, dates are paid for. You don't need to bring your wallet. Um, you get introduced to a higher class of people around you. Um, with getting married, your children, if you choose to have any, are set for life. Um, what else? You have the luxury of staying home if you want to. I know some women love working, so that's fine yes. if they want to do that. But you don't have to. And it's not a problem. No one's going to look at you like you're lazy. Uh, like when you're in relationships that aren't hyper they're like, why aren't you working? Like, what's wrong with your hands? <laughs> and to them, it's, just, it's like normal. Like, why should she work? <laughs> I got it. Um, yeah, so no one really bats an eye about that. And you have the opportunity to finally live out your purpose. Um, because you're not worried about making ends meet for the end of the month. So you just gravitate to any field. Instead, you can take your time and pick what you like. Um, I myself, I was actually going to be an attorney and then I had children and now I'm doing this. <laughs> so I like that. Um, also, you get to have more breaks during the week. Like I have a child provider, childcare provider right now so I can speak mm -hmm. to you. And if I was not with my husband, like that wouldn't be happening. I'll be having yelling kids in the background. <laughs> and I don't want that. I'd rather them have a nanny so that they're having fun. So they're not just stuck on a computer screen somewhere. Like they're actually doing something. Uh, trips and vacays anytime. Oh, yeah. I have a video about um, depending on the government during a pandemic waiting for your check when you have a whole boyfriend. Like, yeah. why do you not want to be hypergamous? <laughs> Your man couldn't even keep you afloat during a pandemic? Come on. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, what else? You, hair, nails, done all the time. Surgeries. Oh, and when you want to buy your husband or boyfriend gifts, you buy it with his money. You can buy it. <laughs> And then he thinks you're super wonderful for getting him the best gift that he's basically paying for. <laughs> yeah, well, you decided to use it for him. So it's still sweet. I think so. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, I think what what is good, what, the benefits for the man is that he has mm -hmm. someone to share it with and someone to use his money wisely. Like, my husband doesn't look at me as a gold digger, like everything that he's provided for me, he's pretty much offered. I've never had to really ask for things. Like he's like, what do you want for this? What do you want for that? So a lot of women look at it bad or like it's taboo, but this is his standard of giving. Like that's who my husband is. And I think it makes him feel worthier. I think it makes him feel useful, makes him feel like he's actually the head of a household. Um, it makes him feel manly. And then by him feeling more manly, I get to rest in my feminine and you know, whatever that means for you, that's different to everyone. Some women love gardening. That's not my thing. And some women love designer bags. Like they just want to jet set life, which is available. That's not me either. So every woman's idea of femininity is different. But when you find, like I say, your version of a trophy spouse, you'll be able to define your level of femininity and comfortability 
with your trophy spouse, making your trophy life. So I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to do hypergamy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't, um, it doesn't add up for me either, but what works for one woman may not work for another. So that kind of ties into my next thing. But before I get into that, I wanted to go back a little bit to what you said, because you said that no one looks at you as lazy and it actually makes him feel more like a man. So for the women who feel like we're using men, Mm -hmm. we're gold diggers and it's not like an even exchange. Mm -hmm. What do you feel is, well, I know you have already kind of talked about the benefits that the guy gets, but what do you feel is that like pushback from ladies that feels like, they're not doing their part as a woman if they're not working. Like, where where does that disconnect happen? Do you mean why do they think they're not doing enough if they're not working? Is that the question? Yeah, like how you said no one looks at you as lazy. I've noticed that a lot of women do feel like they are being lazy if they don't work. And a lot of men as well um, would look at women as that. But we know that those men are not who we're looking at anyway. Right. Um, have you read the Willie Lynch letter? Okay. I'm asking, have you read that book? Oh, I thought you said having read. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay. I've read, I've read it like a long time ago, but I believe it was like talking about being able to enslave a group of people mentally for hundreds of years if you implement these steps. Although I don't remember specifically like, you know, what the steps were. Right. So you have a good gist of it. Um, yeah. So I just read it the other, like, two weekends ago. Okay. And, um, wow. So what they have done to slaves has trickled down into the world, basically. And women, what they did was try and break up the family household among slaves. They took the men and emasculated them, and they made the woman the main provider. Um, And they would just take the men to give her sperm and then move all the dads. So the children have no father figure and only an independent woman. And they said, you would do all your negotiating with this woman who thinks she is a man and the leader, and she will put her children in their place for you. You won't even have to tell the slaves they're a slave because the mom is going to want to please you and make sure that her children are slaves. And women grew up doing, 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 being, being, being this aggressive, make moves, miss independent, um, because that's how they wanted it. And they wanted the mother to teach her daughter to be independent as well. But guess who they were supposed to be dependent on? Their slave owners. So mm, okay. slave owners grew into the which government. Were, yeah, they grew into the government of the Democratic Party. So they've grown into the government and they want you to be dependent on the government, but not your man, because the men are only being used as a physical, physical for physical labor and for sex. And what do we see men well, rappers, you know, the guys we aren't looking into, what are they always advertising? I'm hot, I'm sexy, I have this good, I have good wood, and they're on to the next woman, impregnate her, on to the next one. So how do women have to be, basically, if that's how men are acting? Then, yeah, they got to be independent, they got to leave the household, they have to have this strong, aggressive mentality, because that's how they survive. So what... I aim to do is help them see that this is not how we were originally supposed to be functioning. Oh, and they also took us out of nature. They had a big section on take them out of their natural habitat away from nature. So I'm huge on nature and grounding. And, you know, I teach a wellness approach to leveling up because they have made us forgetting, forgotten who we are. We've gone so far away from femininity so far away from the family structure, yes. so far away from looking at our men as kings and leaders of the household. So until there's some other guys training men how to be men, 
It's our duty to practice hypergamy. It's our duty to look outside of our box. It's our duty to try and put things back into play because at the end of the day, we are the ones that say yes when they ask us to marry us. We are the ones that have the children or have the abortion. Like we hold so much power in a and responsibility. Yes, a responsibility too, but in a feminine way. We have so much power. And instead we're using our masculine energy, like we're leading with that uh, so much. When really we can have both, but more of the feminine needs to be there. So those women, to answer your question, the reason there's the pushback is because that's all they've known. That's what they see. That's what makes sense. Okay. So they don't know. Yes, I agree. I agree with that because um, I'm glad that you mentioned that you can have both. Do you feel like a woman can be both in her feminine energy, right? Mm -hmm. And the sole provider for her household. Or do you feel like, you know, she has to be one or the other? Like, is it possible to have both? Um, well, I have yet to see a woman who's the head of the household and also mostly in her feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I, I haven't seen it. I've only seen, you know, the other way around. So I, I haven't seen that. Maybe someone can figure it out. But um, I don't know how that's going to work. I know, like, even as a mother, though, like, I have to go into my masculine energy so much because you cannot be a parent without some masculine energy or they will run over you and they will be raised with no upbringing, (laughs) you know? So it's Mm -hmm. important for us to learn how to master that before we become a mother. Actually, before we're pregnant, because that's a whole nother ballgame. And if you're leading the household, comes time to parent, you're not going to have that energy that you need to be the mother that those children need or your dog children. I know that's a big thing now. (laughs) (laughs) They're a responsibility, um, you know, they're kind of like kids in a way. Yeah. yeah. They are are nowadays. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, having both can be tough. Yeah. But I would like to know, like, how do you how would you suggest that a woman both provides for her family, whether she's a single mom or she's with someone who makes less than her? How do you feel like she can be able to both be the breadwinner and still that feminine woman for herself and her family? Um, well, I would have a different answer for the single women, single moms, single parents versus someone who is with someone already and she's the breadwinner. Okay. Um, for the single moms, I would definitely, well, that's, that's a lot. Um, um, take your time. You can think for a second. It's okay. Yeah. Well, because there's like, you know, people are at different levels in life. So if she's a single mom and she like does not plan on ever getting married, which I know there's a lot of those, um, you might want to have more than one boyfriend, more than one provider. And you also want to probably keep them away from your kids. But if you have one single husband, I mean, one boyfriend, and you're a single mom, and you don't plan on getting married. Mm-hmm. You want to have a, a community. Actually, for both. For both of them, here it is. Here's easy. For both groups of women, you need a community, like a supportive network. So for me personally, I turn to nannies and babysitters, cleaners to help me and my parents when I'm going out of town, if they're available, um, because they're not always available for me like that, which is why I turn to nannies and babysitters, because you need people to lighten the load. Otherwise, there is no way that woman is going to be in her feminine energy. Who has energy to cook and clean? And manage a household and be a feminine woman, get dressed, put on makeup and get all her services done and waxes and nails and yes. be calm for her husband. 
after getting the bag on her own. Like that's just not. Oh no, that's too much. (laughs) Way too much for one person. So if you plan to do that independent life, stop all the DIY. Don't do it yourself. Nothing. Take that time to relax while you're getting your hair and nails done. Like go out often, invest your money in nannies instead of buying like designer things, invest in lightening your load. If you can ship out your dry cleaning or they even have laundry pickup services, uh, delivering high-end food to your house so you don't even have to travel and have to worry about that. Like just make your life mm-hmm. easy peasy if you're going to be focused on getting the bag. Like try and limit your focus of things. Like, okay, it's gonna be my boyfriend being the leader of the household and my passion or and my children or and my dog like limit the load and that will help with your femininity and also having a higher sense of spirituality is huge and it's so underestimated and that is my focus and that is what i bring into the level up community is the spirituality because that's what saved me that's what helped me not want to kill myself (laughs) and not want to keep aiming low, like investing in journaling my feelings and emotions, talk therapy with a therapist, um, going out in nature to balance out the equilibrium in my body, getting massages. Like we really have to treat ourselves like queens and princesses so that we can walk amongst people like the royal queens that we are. If we're not treating ourselves well, no one's gonna do it for us. Hold on. So yeah, as you were saying, so yeah, journaling and doing these things to treat yourself like a queen. Yeah, and meditation, yoga. All the, mm-hmm. Don't you find like a lot of like high, uh, you know, people in this caliber, like, they invest in the beach a lot, the spa a lot, mm-hmm. yoga. Like we're just working on keeping our feminine essence. That's what all of that is about. Yeah, and it's important to like maintaining, you know, that energy and that aura. Yeah, feeling like a princess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned housekeeping, having nannies. I just want to say this. All of those things are definitely important, too, because a lot of women feel like, you know, if they marry a high earning man, that now they have to, like, become a housekeeper and a chef and this and a nanny. And it's like, okay, you can, you know, take some of that money to lighten your load a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's more important than designer clothes. Like, me personally, I just, I've never, maybe it's because I'm a Virgo, but I've never been drawn to labels that much um i know i like them i like nice things but me personally i would rather buy like crystals or something or like cute clothes but not name brand but i know some women love it but i would rather invest in having someone clean my house every day like that is important to me when it comes to your level up journey and you talked a little bit about it what do you feel was the hardest part or maybe like had the most obstacles in it? And yeah. like, how did you get past that? Yeah. Um, for me, it was um, being vulnerable, opening up my heart to people. I was very guarded and angry, passive, aggressive, um, impatient and sarcastic. <laughs> Okay, that's very self-aware of you to say. Yeah, yeah. It took a lot of work to become self-aware. Yeah, so those were the hard parts for me. So I had to work on those characteristics because that was hindering my growth by a landslide. So that was... Yeah. And for the girls who might be like dealing with those same feelings um, and maybe even more like anger, some girls feel unworthiness and you know, you help those girls who might feel unworthy because you do have those power chats that you do. Um, So what are some things that they might be able to implement now into their lives to like feel better? I know you mentioned journaling. Do you have any um, insight as far as that? 
Um, yeah, I am a huge champion of affirmations. Your inner child needs to hear good, nice, loving words. And a lot of, a couple of people, like, um, I find it mind boggling because to me, affirmations are like, it just makes sense. It just clicks. Like I just do it. It works. But I understand now that there are women who are like, what on earth is this lady talking about? And they're like, okay, I'm just going to say this stuff. And it doesn't even feel real. And they're like, why am I saying this? I don't feel like that. And like, that's not my reality. Like what? They just think it's so just bizarre, which coming from that place, I'm going to agree with you. Yes, it is bizarre to speak words to yourself that you don't even feel make sense. But if you want to get from point A to point B, it's a process. You just got to work the process and stay committed and do the affirmations. They say it takes like 31 days for the affirmations to even start clicking. And I did not say click, like to start clicking. You have to do it like 31 days consecutively. Yeah. And like hearing those, I feel like after a while, yeah, it does start to like grow on you and you actually start to like, not to sound crazy, but you start to hear the voices, you know, (laughs) and just in your head, it's like when you look in the mirror, you just have that feeling like I'm just happy to be alive. I'm just so happy to be me, you know? So I definitely agree with the affirmations. Yes. Yeah. That's huge. It definitely, I can testify and she's testifying that they work. They definitely work. I know that for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So doing the affirmations, journaling, you've mentioned meditations. These are things that any girl can do right now. You can do it. It's free. It's easy. Well, it may not be easy in the beginning to, you know, actually believe in what you're saying and doing, but with patience, with time, it'll grow on you. You know, so yeah, I definitely like that tip. Affirmations, especially on a daily basis, like trying to do them in the morning, starting your day off, um, even starting your day off. This is something I do. I start my day off all the time with some music that I enjoy. I dance to it a little bit. And um, so that's what helps me to keep my spirits up. I never like catch myself um, starting to go to a negative path mentally. Because I feel, I believe that if you start the day off positive, you can have a positive day. Very true. Very true. Um, yeah. I love doing my affirmations mm-hmm. while putting on my makeup, which I did make a makeup affirmations video for pro makeup, specifically for women who are more in their masculine energy appearance wise where they don't see why it's even necessary. They think, what's the point? So I made that for them. Um, Yeah, definitely you want to put your makeup on because it makes us feel pretty. We act more sedity when we have our makeup on and you smile at people more because it's like you have your best foot forward. Um, I like, I like to do that in the morning. So I not only listen to the makeup affirmation, but you know, any affirmation, that I'm working on currently in my life, like I'll focus on that. Like if I'm dealing with root chakra issues, I put on affirmations for that. If I want to open up my heart more and be more loving, I listen to affirmations for that. If I want to build more confidence to keep pushing hard and keeping up my purpose, I listen to affirmations for that. Because we have to be our biggest cheerleader. We have to champion for ourselves. Because if we wait, on someone else to do it, it's never going to come. And they can always just take it away and stop feeding you that energy. And then you're not going to know why you feel less than because you're going to be like, hmm, I feel down today and I don't know why. It's because whoever was feeding you is gone. So you need to be that person to yourself. Exactly. Exactly right. Yes, I totally agree. Being your own um source of basically I like to say being your own pitcher who can fill your own cup you know so yeah yeah I totally agree with that sentiment um in your experience dealing with different kind of women what do you find is the most common thing like among those who are wanting better partners you have to be a trophy to attract a trophy and keep a trophy and get him to actually 
marry you. Um, like I said, beauty comes a dime a dozen and they know it. So they're looking to see what makes you different. Okay, mm. that's a good one. So to tie into that, if you had your younger self here with you today and you were looking right at her, what are some things that you would want to let her know from the wisdom that you've gained over the time? Hmm. Um, I would tell her to stop trying to save men and save yourself first. Um, yeah, I, I always felt this little soft spot in my heart for guys and wanting to help them and be their caretaker and be their, the ride or die. Like that was my thing and make everyone else happy. Even if it was something I didn't want to do, like I was like, okay, you know, I'll do it. So I would definitely say, like you say, pour into your own cup first. Um, yeah, definitely either help myself more or help other women, but stop helping guys. That would have been my big thing. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that one. So I saw one of your videos and you had mentioned that you should date multiple men and not just date one man or put all your eggs in one basket, as some would say. So can you tell us why you suggest that? I mean, I know most women know you should date most, I mean, multiple men at a time, but a lot of women find it hard or find it just unnecessary. So why is it necessary, in your opinion, to date multiple men at a time? Um, well, first off, age is a big factor. You only have so much time. So make time work for you. There's 24 hours in a day and you're going to donate half of that day to one guy who might not even be the one. <laughs> you're going to divide that time up. Um, also, the other reason you want to do that is because you might not know at a young age what qualities you actually value in a guy. And unless you're dating more than one, you're not going to have the opportunity to figure that out and compare them and see, you know, because ultimately you're going to be spending a long time the rest of your life with someone. You want to make sure it's someone you actually want to be with. And the third reason is because women fall very easily. What do you feel is like one common myth about hypergamy and dating with a purpose in general? that you would like to debunk? Um, well, there are two, but the obvious one is the myth that it is for women who are gold digging. Women who seek hypergamy are gold diggers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely want to debunk that because really hypergamy is about finding the best suitor for you and if you want a future family, you know? Um, it's not just about the gold. Of course, there should be gold in there. Like, I think that's a requirement. But as a requirement that he is a man, if you're heterosexual, like, that just goes without saying. So I think making sure he's well off should just go without saying. It shouldn't be like this special thing, you know, so taboo. That it has become, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just a basic requirement. And Why do you think it's become so taboo? And, of course, I'll let you get into the second reason here. Mm-hmm. You said, what was that question? Why do you feel like it's become so taboo? Movies. Because on TV, how many times do we see the good girl... Um, and she has this great charming man or this nice guy who wants to date her. And instead she goes with either the, like the gardener who has a big heart, but no money. Or she goes with the nice guy who came from a poor background. And oh, she's so humble and she's such a good person for going down. And they've gotten to this point where it's like, if she picks the rich guy, she must be money hungry, going to use him. And going into my second point of why it is um, uh, the second taboo topic, mm-hmm. that she doesn't love him. She can't love a rich guy, which is, you know, that's just media brainwashing women to think that way. 
Yeah, I do understand that because I feel like since we're discussing movies, like I feel like the these movies must be made by men. Let's just put it like that because men can like women for being, you know, physically attractive primarily, but women cannot be attracted to men for them being able to provide, having resources and just overall being that guy. So I feel like these movies are either being made primarily by men or women who are brainwashed by them. Like I I do understand where you're coming from where it's like these movies are kind of leading women down the wrong path. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, majority of our idols nowadays, well, most people, their mm-hmm. idols are movie stars or musicians. So especially if they don't have a good role model at home. Yeah, a lot of role models are, you know, musicians, actors, and people who are just overall living a life that is their own, but people like to, you know, attach themselves to it and try to emulate it with guys trying to be like the rap stars, women trying to be like the Cardi B's and stuff. And I feel like it depends on really what you're looking for. But when it comes to wanting like a long-term relationships that's healthy and it's beneficial, you might want to find those role models that like mirror what you're looking for. Exactly. Yeah. So what is something that you would want to change about the way that women see dating in 2020 in this year and going forward? Well, let me think. Um, knowing their worth while dating, um, not just from a money aspect, because the hypergamy niche has drawn out a lot of women who are just angry and want money. <laughs> so those women, I feel like they already know, you know, know their worth. I'm talking about the women who are used to settling for less. So I would say know your worth and don't feel like if someone gives you something, you need to return the favor by giving him something. I want women to know that in 2020 and moving forward, you can simply receive and say thank you and call it a night. I love that. I I literally love that because (laughs) reciprocity is beautiful, right? And it's how the world kind of works. You know, you go to the store, mm-hmm. you spend money, they give you something. But I feel like we've lost what reciprocity can look like. A lot of us feel like we have to give our bodies a lot of our time and our energy. When someone gives us something, we know that we can give a simple thank you. We know that we can just say, thank you. I appreciate what you've done. Maybe give a hug. Keep it pushing. I mean, yes, yes. And me personally, I love like giving cards to people, you know, just in general, like a simple card. Thank you. It's like an extra, it's like a little feminine touch to it, especially if you spray a little perfume, like, oh, okay. She was appreciative, you know, but nothing more than that. Yeah, that's definitely a good one, actually. A card and being handwritten, it's kind of like personal, so... Yeah, I like that one. I'm actually going to take a note on that one. Yeah, guys love, like, when girls are girly, I guess. (laughs) You know, like, we're so extra. Like, they they like that stuff. I feel like a card is a good, like, way to show you're appreciative without doing too much, giving too much, you know. Like, keep it to a minimum, ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the card is only for because remember you're dating more than one. Like if you want him to know, like if you really like the guy, but you don't want to be too obvious, but you don't want him to just think, oh, okay, nothing. The card is like an extra touch. I would not suggest giving the card to every guy, you know. But if he, you know, if he's really mm-hmm. striking your fancy and you're like, I kind of like this guy, then do that. But reserve it for, like, the special ones. Yeah. Like, as long as he... Like I say, every guy gets different treatment depending on, like, where he's at on your scale. 
So if he's just a text and Tony and you guys went on one date, I wouldn't suggest it either. So I'm glad that you added that. Definitely. Yeah. Every guy doesn't so <laughs> Everyone doesn't deserve a car. Shoot. Okay. So describe your process behind becoming that radiant woman that we all want to be. Like if someone is listening and they're like, okay, I want to be this woman. I want to be able to attract these kind of people, be in these spaces. But so if she struggles with her appearance the most. I know that you said that you have some videos on your YouTube channel to help with that. But while we're here, what would you suggest if she's just like not sure how she can really be feminine in her appearance and how can she like attract those people on the outside, even if she does have, you know, the mannerisms, because we talked about having the appearance, but not having the mannerisms. Well, what if she has the appearance, but I mean, excuse me, what if she has the mannerisms, but not really the appearance, you know? Uh, Well, I would suggest to change your circle, hang around women who make you feel less than and look at them, like really embrace them. And look at what they are wearing, uh, the quality. Like I remember I would wear like, um, I always wore heels. Even my flip-flops were like heels. They were platform heels. But it was a little uh, basic. And I went on a boat ride with some of my husband's friends. And the ladies had like the cutest slippers. Like it was like high-end but not it wasn't like um, mainstream hip hop, you know, like too flashy. It was like really, you can tell it was expensive. So um, simple things like that. So I would def, but if I would hang out with like my family members um, back in the day or some older people that I used to hang around, what I'm wearing would have been normal. I would have fit right in and I wouldn't have felt uncomfortable. And I would wear the same outfit around some high end guys and be like, um, I don't know what's going on. Why aren't they talking to me? (laughs) But if you see what other women are doing and really observe and take notes, then you can go home and emulate them and try and be like them. Okay. I wanted to just piggyback off of what you just said. You're basically saying, in my opinion, that healthy comparison is good. Comparison can be the thief of joy, but healthy comparison can better you. It can step up your game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I feel that's what you're And I would also add, so, you know, have you ever put on, or let me ask you, the first time you put on a really long wig or got really nice hair done, how did you act? Well, I felt different. I felt, yeah, I felt more like confident. Or I wouldn't even know how to describe it. I did feel different. That's how I'll put it. I'm sure. Yeah. So it's so different. Yeah. yeah. And you like flashed your head more. Your hand was in your hair more. Yes, it was. You tilt your head more. And the charm turns on. So what you need to do when you're just starting out is do all those things that make you Act extra without you having to pretend, whatever that is for you. And do it all the time. I love that. No, I really do. Like, to add on to that, like wearing silk Uh robes around the house or just wearing pajamas that make you feel womanly in general, I feel like that helps because, like, even when you're home alone, you should always feel feminine. You should always feel like comfortable and honestly sexy. Yes. Yes, you should feel sexy all the time. <laughs> At all points, yeah. So you mentioned saying yes to the right things and saying no to the wrong things. Would you be so kind to give us, you know, like an example or two of something you would say, I mean, something that you were saying yes to and the things that you were saying no to that helped you along your journey? Um, which journey? Okay, so becoming, being able to 
overcome the things that you've experienced in your childhood and adolescence, right? And not only healing from those things and being able to release that energy that may have been blocking blessings and stuff. Mm -hmm. So what I'm asking is, what did you say no to along the way of becoming a healthier, more balanced woman? And what did you say yes to along the way? One of the things I said no to was my time. Um, I always felt obligated to talk to people for a long time, um, knowing that they're just bored and calling me, probably. (laughs) So I started saying no to that. And one of the things I started saying yes to was hurting people's feelings. Um, Instead of like checking the temperature of the room and not wanting to offend someone, I started speaking up more and saying like, yes, I like that, or that's what I want, or no, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to go there. I don't like that. Um, That definitely helped. And also saying yes to putting my mental health first. No, no, no. Let's skip that one because, I mean, yes, yeah, it's fine. Putting my mental health first in the way of setting boundaries. That was the huge, huge huge difference for me that made such a difference in my life setting boundaries because you don't know who to set boundaries against when you're living under the veil of consciousness when you're just acting from a hurt place a wounded place or a lack place you don't really know who your enemies are and I don't want to say enemies but Mm -hmm. for lack of better words enemies are So when you start realizing, oh, when I'm around this person, I feel this way. I don't feel optimal or I shrink myself. That's probably someone you want to set a boundary against or um, saying no to someone who doesn't ask you how you're doing. And they just want to tell you about how they're doing and their problems. And they never ask you what's going on with you. So that's definitely something that you want to say no to that type of person. Um, What else? Yeah, these are all good. These are all good because a lot of people, they're trying to become their better selves. You know, we live in a time where we're all about self-care, self-love. I feel like it's really like on the rise. Mm -hmm. So these conversations are really good. And I'm so glad to share these conversations with someone like you who has been in the metaphysical trenches, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I'm glad that, one, you're able to rise up out of that and become who you are today and give back by discussing these things. So one more thing that I would like to ask is, um, well, actually, if if there's anything that you would like to add to the women out there who want to become their best selves, want to attract their desired mate, either of those two topics, what would you want to add, if anything at all? Um, I'd like to add to definitely step outside of your comfort zone. Um, step outside of your comfort zone when it comes to healing. Step outside of your comfort zone when it comes to dressing up or embracing who you are. And um, I have to say this. Get dressed up every day. Wear makeup every day. <laughs> Look your best every day. Like you're going to run into your worst enemy. And even when guys or women tell you that you don't need it or you're beautiful, natural, they love you just the way they are, just say thank you. No comment. Okay. <laughs> just say thank you and don't argue with them and continue to get dressed up and continue to practice applying your makeup because it's going to take time before it looks like an Instagram makeup artist, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, just yes. invest in you, know your worth, put yourself first, set boundaries, practice self-worth. Yeah. Follow me, the unique Shanique on Instagram and YouTube. And also I do have a book, Beware the Wolf in Sheep's Wool. 
and it's to help children not get abused sexually and learn how to set body boundaries, because you know I'm about the boundaries, so that they don't get abused too. So if you care about that, that's my personal, I don't know what to call it, my personal charity for children. So if you guys are caring enough, you can go ahead and purchase that on Amazon and help a child who hopefully has not been abused yet. And if you have been abused, um, you can definitely talk to me about it if you need to vent or get clarity on how to move on from that before dating so that you don't get taken advantage of again. Yes, I love what you do. Like I already said, I feel like it's it's probably your calling. You know, like you have such a calming, <laughs> smooth voice that just makes you really want to let it out. You know? (laughs) Thank you so much, Shanique, for sitting down with me. You have been so great. Again, guys, if you want to add her, which you should, be sure to add her on YouTube. It's The Unique Shanique. And her Instagram is The Unique underscore Shanique. So be sure to add her, follow her, and get out whatever you need to get out. Thank you again, Shanique. This has been The Worthy Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Miss Andre, and as always, I love you ladies. We love ourselves. Bye.